0: to A.B. Cinema. Hello, everyone. Welcome to A.B. Cinema for Monday, May 14th. My name is Adam. And I'm Bailey. And the newest Black Panther film, um, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, came out last weekend. Uh, Bailey and I both had the chance to see it. We had the opportunity to see it and sit right next to each other. Um, and we're gathered here now to talk about our reviews, our reactions, what we thought about the movie, um, which is the last movie, I believe in the Marvel phase four, right? Not including the guardians Christmas special. This is their last full theatrical release of the phase four, correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. And guardians, of the galaxy holiday special comes out Thanksgiving weekend.
0: Yeah. And so, so pretty much here in short time, we'll be all wrapped up with phase four of, the Marvel cinematic universe. And I mean, I feel like, you know, this was a movie everyone's been looking forward to. It's probably the most anticipated Marvel movie this year, um, with the exception of Thor, Love and Thunder, which I believe might have underperformed a little bit. It um, did. But I mean, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, it's here. Um, it's forever. It'll go on until the rest of time. Uh, so, quick reactions, Billy. How did you just feel? Um, about this movie before, you know, we jump into spoilers here.
1: Uh, A lot of the things that I've been reading on and a lot of the things that I agree on is Ryan Coogler and the cast were given such a huge task of trying to honor the legacy of Chadwick Boseman. And I feel like they were able to accomplish something that was able to honor his legacy while also pressing forward and dealing with the grief and gave a beautiful movie about grief and moving on. And that's my initial take about this movie.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you feel like this movie, you know, met your level of excitement? Do you feel like you had some unanswered things? Um, What would you say, you know, for somebody who saw the last black Panther loved it um, and maybe even, you know, has been keeping up with Marvel. How would you, what would you recommend to those people going into this film?
1: i would say this movie is not what i expected it to be but it delivered something that was satisfying to me so if you're if you're going into this movie expecting a full-on tribute to chadwick boseman i would just suggest going to youtube and watching videos about his life um, because that's that's where you'll find that this isn't i wouldn't say this is a full-on tribute but it does have moments of tribute to him and so I would say like if you if you haven't seen this movie yet, don't expect something very about the life of T'Challa or Black Panther. This is more of a movie of moving on from tragedy. Would you say the same?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would say the same. I I feel probably a little more controversially that I I was sold or advertised one movie. Um and went to see a different movie, and that doesn't make one of these two movies like bad. It just made it different, you know. And all around, I would say it's still probably one of the better Phase Four movies, which I know we talked about when we left the theater. That you said yeah. that doesn't give us a whole lot because you know Phase Four has been such a such an is. Yeah, a roller coaster. It's it's an unfound territory for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, how do they go off of the last biggest, the biggest thing that any franchise has ever done? Um, but I I agree. I I think it's it's one of the better Phase Four movies, and I just think it's I I enjoyed it, even though I have questions or feelings about it that might not be popular. So um, I'm you know i'm excited to get into those uh how what did you think of you know the actors they brought into this film uh you know starting with uh tanaka mejia who played namor um the first mutant that you told me in the comics of marvel comics uh ever published and created how did you think he did in this film here
1: i think he did a great job a lot like obviously things changed from the comics to this one in the comics he's not He's an anti-hero, and in this movie, he is an anti-hero as well. I think that switching up the origin and the um, culture of Black Panther, or not Black Panther, of Namor, is something that's a positive aspect of it and something that a lot of fans can grasp with more than the iterations that we've seen in the comics since 1939. So I think that he gave a great performance as Namor, and there was a ruler who wants to keep his people safe. I loved his arc of how he felt betrayed and how he just wanted revenge on Wakanda for stealing the scientist from them. I, I think it's definitely something that's... It kind of goes back to the roots of how Wakanda was in the original Black Panther before T'Challa chose to grant access to foreign powers. And so I think it's interesting seeing two different nations, one that's progressed a little bit more and one that is so centered on tradition. And I think that Tenocharta Mejia really delivered a powerful performance as the ruler of that sheltered nation of Talaqan.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought he did great. I think he did a great performance. Whenever he was on screen, I always liked him. I feel like he carried himself very well. Um and you know, I, I you know, I also like you kind of mentioned here he he has gut aspirations. He's he is to some degree although he's played as almost the villain of this movie, it's it is very, you know, anti heroic in some way. And even to some degree, you know, you can sympathize with him. You understand his motivation. So that's very well played and very well captured. Um in Mejia's performance. So I really loved that. Um and speaking of another ruler of a powerful nation, what about Angela Bassett, man? Here is the queen of Queen Ramanda here of Wakanda. What what did you think of her in this film? I I
1: really enjoyed her performance. I think all of her powerful moments that she had were her best acting was in the movie was already showcased in the trailer so I didn't feel like we were getting anything really new from her during a lot of her scenes like there were some still really cool and powerful scenes with her and Shuri and uh, not Okoye uh, Nakia that I really enjoyed and actually the whole exchange with Nakia was just not Nakia Okoye when she was being stripped of her rank Um, was just really powerful but from both sides of this scene and I think that it really gave us something to grasp. I do think that she's going to be an Academy Award nominee but I don't know if she will get that Oscar.
0: Yeah, I feel like in a movie of superheroes and um, mutants and spectacle you know, she she, along with another character, I feel give really grounded performances, uh, that help deliver that emotion. And I agree. And, you know, we could go off on a little small side tangent, but I feel like, you know, did this trailer give away too much? Did it take some of that, um, those things away from us? Although I don't think so. And I think, you know, her, her performance and delivery in those scenes stands on their own. I, you know, I feel like you do see a lot in this trailer and, and yeah, her, she. But anyway, she does great. I loved her, um, and you know the other two people that we wanted to talk about: Letitia Wright and Winston Duke. Going first on Letitia Wright, I, I feel like you know, um, I guess we'll go and I'll say spoilers here for fear of me spoiling someper uh, something uh, accidentally, you know. She and the cast of this film have huge shoes to fill. And um, starting, you know, with the first shot of the movie and her, her acting and all of the things that happen, you know, as she eventually progresses to become the new Black Panther, I think she holds her own and does a lot. And credit to her, credit to Ryan Coogler on just everything that they do in this movie. What did you think of her performance here, Shuri Bailey? I'll just read to you what I wrote. I, I think that her coping
1: with the grief that she was dealing with was extremely powerful and very realistic. With her coming from a scientific background and dealing with the int- internal struggle of faith versus science, I I thought that was a really cool touch on and twist to the story of grief because I... Like uh, for our audience members, my mom passed away a couple years ago and seeing seeing this character of Shuri deal with grief, especially with the losing everything in her life, it was just so powerful and moving to see how she was able to capture that grief and to to deliver that storyline of faith versus science and whether or not she believed in the god of Bast and and how she she doubted the ancestral plane and all of that stuff it was very interesting and an interesting trajectory that ryan coogler decided to take with her which i wasn't a huge fan of but i understand why he did it i i really liked that storyline and i feel like her character letitia wright like you said was able to hold her own against these powerhouses of actors and the also the um oh what is it the, the it's Chadwick Boseman's legacy as this character of T'Challa i think she was able to move on the story with such a powerful performance that she's she's definitely going to be a powerhouse in the MCU moving forward and i'm very excited to see what she does in future projects
0: building off of that 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 is something to look forward to is her performance in, in the future and somebody else that I feel like I didn't anticipate but you know almost like they came in, you know, just really not out of the blue because Winston Duke is a great actor, but I feel like what he gave to this movie is a lot more than what he gave to the first one. Um not saying, you know, again, not saying that it wasn't important in that first one, but I feel like he gets a little bit more to do here and he, his interactions with Shuri and just in general, I feel like we're so good. I loved Winston Duke here. I'm um, reprising his role again as Mbaku. Um, what did you do? You, do you agree with what, I, what I'm saying here? Absolutely. There is a scene specifically that I wanted to
1: talk about after the funeral for Queen Ramonda. And he and Shuri are in the woods, and he, he says to her something along the lines of After everything you've been through, I can't call you a kid anymore and it was just a powerful exchange between these two characters and it showed the the depth of the grief that Shuri was going through but also there's more to that exchange with him saying that he promised his brother that he would counsel her and guide her and it was just it was an emotional scene for me and seeing how he was able to handle that and say like Like, I'm here for you in a a brotherly figure kind of way. It was just really cool and moving to see that. And also, I'm very excited to see his storyline going forward with being the ruler of Wakanda, which will be very interesting.
0: Yeah, that is a new dynamic that they um, hinted at at the end of the movie without um, explicitly uh, inferring it. But that is another thing that I do look forward to as well. And so now we'll just jump into full spoilers. Um, as we kind of break down this movie, we can talk about things that we loved and you know how we felt about it. Uh, right from the get-go, Bailey, uh, this movie did not take time addressing the hole that was left by King T'Challa, but Chadwick Boseman um, in this film. And I got to say, I... This opening sequence is one of the more powerful things I've seen in the MCU. And it it just it was so emotional. it was so good. And one of the things that I really appreciated is that no words were said at you know at a certain point, they changed that Marvel, you know that Marvel Studios title card, and they, just fill it you know we've gotten so used to seeing that with images of every hero on the mcu and just even right now talking about it i'm getting you know really emotional but just replacing all of those with chadwick boseman and it's almost as if everyone there in the audience had this agreement to just observe this moment of silence and it was beautiful to me
1: i would agree um i this scene, this opening scene with Shuri trying to save him was so gut-wrenching to me. Like, it made me feel sick to my stomach for about a minute. And and after seeing that scene and then the credits roll, and that, that credits roll is actually... Uh, they, they put that on the Black Panther movie on Disney Plus shortly after he passed away. And they took it off a couple months ago or shortly after. And it was just a really... Moving moment to be able to see him and to see that this movie is that they're doing this for Chadwick and to try to move forward but still reminisce about the good times that we had with him and I i I watched a couple of his movies in the last week before the movie and I it was very emotional I I think that there was You could hear people sniffling in the theater. It was such a powerful moment and it was brutal. And it was kind of like going back and reliving the death or the news of the death of Chadwick Boseman in a way. And I think that it made me very uncomfortable and I thought it was necessary for the storyline, but I also feel like it distracted me from the movie a little bit. Because right after that, we dig straight into the movie with the funeral of T'Challa. And I, I think that I was still still back onto this intense emotional scene at the very beginning and was kind of like, okay, you didn't really let me grieve that moment. It, we're moving on really fast. And so I, I feel like we got our moment with that and understanding how he died in the MCU but I, I, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way in a little bit. I, I don't know if that's just my own personal opinion, but it was just brutal to me.
0: I think, to me, that's sort of how I feel overall about this film. What you just said and summarized, um, like, I could probably apply that to the whole runtime of the movie. But, I mean, we'll talk about that as we get to the end of the thing. Um, or the toward the end of this discussion, what else? What's another thing that really stuck out to you here? In the the wake up to Charles' death, just, or just the movie as a whole.
1: Um, I I think that like I said, it did move on really quickly from that. But I did think that it. I don't think that we needed that scene. I really don't think we needed it. There could have just been a quick discussion after the funeral of Shuri saying, I tried to recreate the heart-shaped herb, but I couldn't. I don't think that we needed to have this super intense scene in the final moments of T'Challa's life and having him die. Off camera, of course, but I I don't think that we needed it. We already knew he was going to die. I think everybody knew he was going to die. Like there's no way they were going to recast him. And so I, I think it would have been better had they not had that scene.
0: You know, I, I, I disagree with you a little bit only because I think, you know, it's like in the world of the movie, they directly addressed it. And so I think that kind of sets up, you know, everything else. And, um, You know, they don't just glance over it. But, um, you know, as we continue talking about spoilers, another death that occurs in this movie is um, Ramonda, the queen of Wakanda. Um, How did you feel this was handled? How do you feel this affected the storyline?
1: I thought it was good for Shuri's character development. I do think it did put her in a darker place, and I didn't really like what happened shortly after that. Um, But it did lead the story in a direction of revenge or vengeance on her family's deaths and trying to retaliate against telecon um especially the whole the whole encounter with namor in that scene was really hard too because he was just when he says to her like mourn your losses and bury your dead you are the queen now it was just it felt really real and was just a really cool exchange between the characters because Shuri just lost the last living person of her family that she knows of at this time and i think that it did a it the, the movie did a really powerful job of giving reason for the dark place that she went to and it showed a darker side of a hero that we haven't really seen in the MCU which was really unique and powerful. I, I I got excited when this happened. Because I was like. I kind of want her to kill Namor now. But at the same time. I also like Namor so much. I wanted to see him in a later spot. In the MCU. But I'm, I'm kind of going on a tangent on this one. What did you think about Ramonda's death?
0: This one's hard for me. Um, I don't know. I just feel like. I just. I don't know. I feel like. You know, it's like she had already lost um, her brother. You know, it's, you know, now they've really taken everything from her. And and again, I like this one's a little bit hard for me. I I feel like I could kind of feel it coming. And in my mind, I thought, of course, they're going to, you know, they're going to kill off Angela Bassett and kill off Queen Ramonda, And the implications and the result of it afterward, you know, you could almost see and um foretell there's a little bit they kind of they kind of trip you up a little bit um a, you know when they introduce as she takes the heart shape herb and when they introduce michael b jordan once again um and that's kind of you know and they show so part of it is exchange at one point and then they show the rest later but uh, you know I I, I I i don't know this one this is the one that i thought of all the things they did, I didn't know that they needed to do that one. Um, you know, killing off Angela Bassett. But again, um, it does give her a little bit, you know, it's almost like they fridged her a little bit, you know, to... I, I, I don't know. If that makes sense, what I'm saying.
1: It <laughs> does like make I'm, sense. I'm,
0: I'm I'm a little bit in the deep end here. And I don't, I don't know if I need a life preserver or something to get me out of here. But yeah, it's I'm in dangerous territory right
1: now. <laughs> I My thoughts are I don't see shuri trying to fight namor had namor not done that like i i i see her more as saying like we need it would be the retreading of black panther with killmonger coming in and saying we need to reach out to to the lost tribes or whatever they were he was calling them the lost people and i i think that it's it would just be retreading the same ground had she not passed away, and her gone on this path of vengeance. And instead, it's kind of a mirror of Black Panther's origin and Civil War with T'Chaka dying and him going after Baron Zemo for vengeance. And then we even get the same line: "Vengeance has consumed us." And it was it lent itself to a powerful moment that I think mirrored what happened to black panther in civil war that i think was possibly more powerful or just as powerful as the same scenes we got from to, from chadwick boseman in civil war
0: mm-hmm. and yeah and so um and another thing that happens i kind of already brought it up again but they they bring in just a little bit of michael b jordan here um i know i don't know if we talked about this after the movie um what did you think of his cameo here in this one i hated
1: it i like michael b jordan and i know that might be a hot take on this i did not like that scene at all because i i feel like we didn't get this like shuri was so heartbroken and she wanted to see her mom so bad and instead of getting this scene that i think would have been more powerful had it been like a moral tug of war between killmonger saying i'm the one that you're after like like i'm your person and ramonda saying no it doesn't have to be this way like i i feel like the ramonda scene at the very end with shuri fighting namor was kind of out of place it didn't feel like it belonged there and i feel like it belonged more so in that same scene with michael b jordan's cameo as killmonger i i I, and that may be like simple writing but i feel like the michael b jordan cameo was just it rubbed me the wrong way because i was like no i don't want to see i don't want to see the hero become an anti-hero like we already have that in namor why do we need that in shuri but i think it worked out for the better in this movie i i'm still not a fan of it i'm coming around to it but it just hit a lot harder than I was expecting. I kind of expected him to be in the movie in some way, but I wasn't expecting it to be like this.
0: Yeah, I had no idea Michael B. Jordan was in this movie. And I gotta say, he was he was dressed to the nine, man. He was showing out. Uh those white good. ancestral plane garb, yeah, that, those are powerful. I'll tell you that much. Um and you know, he, he brings a lot of it brings a lot of heat into this into the Split second that he's in this movie, and um, you know, I really just feel like he does he does further progress her down that storyline of grief and um, revenge and all these things. And so I, I I don't know I liked it. It was different than what I anticipated, I will say. And although I think I felt like to some degree initially, my knee jerk reaction was like, oh, this is really weird. Um, you know, I can't say that I dislike. I can't say that I disliked him being in the movie. So I I thought that was an interesting choice. Um, so you know we've talked about a lot of you know the Wakanda um, stuff that's happened. What if we just jump over to the other civilization, the the Talokans, Namor? Um, you know the introduction of this new, uh, this new w- world or country that had previously been undiscovered that hadn't existed in the realm of the MCU that is now being brought to the forefront here in this film, um, which also are kind of, you know, similar to condom in the way that you'd said earlier. They had hid themselves intentionally. They um, used some vibranium. And they, you know, and again, they've once again touched upon mutants. Um, but this time here on the big screen in the MCU. Um, what did you think about his introduction they're, they're showing in this film here? I loved Namor in this movie.
1: Whenever, like you said, whenever Tenoch Chuerta Mejia was on screen, he stole, he stole a lot of the scenes he was in. And I think that he was a good rival for Wakanda. And for Shuri as well. I, I enjoyed the introduction of Talakhan. I did think that it felt a little bit like an anime when we first saw Talakhan with the music playing. But it was still a really beautiful scene. I, I know there are some complaints about it being too dark to see. But I also... I, I know I understand that they're wanting to make it look different from like Aquaman or the new Avatar movie coming out. I understand they want it to have its own aesthetic, but I don't think that we need that. I, I It looked more realistic to like what it would be like if you were under the in the ocean rather than being able to see everything and having everything look like really bad CGI. Which we've already had really bad CGI in the Marvel universe for the last phase.
0: Yeah, but I gotta admit, I didn't think the CGI in this scene in, in this scene especially, you know, when Shuri's going through and seeing all Tolokan, um, was very good. You know, I could tell some people were underwater, some people weren't real, and it looked kind of it looked kinda of weird and like and you know, you touched on it. You know that we've it's they're trying to maybe they're trying to make it aesthetically look different than something we've seen at Aquaman or Way of the Water, but I think the biggest disadvantage of this is that before this movie plays, you see the trailer for Way of the Water, and then you go into to Lokun in the movie, and you're like, and at least I was sitting there watching and thinking, I just want to go watch that Avatar Way of the Water trailer again. That looked so much better. Um, so you know, may, probably a little bit of unfair criticism, but it was hard for me to s- super dig the underwater city. I thought certain aspects of it were cool. you know how, um, it was more culturally, it was culturally different from Wakanda. And, you know, they had the, those, those ancient pyramids and, um, those influences you could see in the garb they were, what they, you know, their vibranium sun, yeah, the vibranium sun, all these things. It was, it was all different enough for me to distinguish it from those other places. But I, you know, I wish it just, I do wish that it looked better. And even just talking, um, moving off of the Tolokan and just the the Tolokans I think you know you get a lot of there were some character posters and two of them were these two side people in this film what were their names you remind me again bailey Atuma and Nemora Yeah Atuma and Nemora and I just I feel like they didn't you know you get some of their imposing presence and I feel like they were supposed to have maybe a bigger role or be developed in some way but i almost feel like thanos is mystery sorcery guy got more screen time in his ebony Ma. yeah i feel like ebony Ma got a little bit more to chew on than these people who were basically just one was basically like the the general of the war and the other one was his you know um close advisor or something but i feel like i didn't get a whole lot from them and so all of the all of the interaction or the culture that I got from the Tolokan was directly informed by, you know, communication with Namor or you know when Shuri's being held underwater, you know, there as a prisoner.
1: Yeah. I did I do have to say the whole fight scene between Atuma and Okoye on the bridge was pretty cool no that was that was that was one of the coolest
0: that was really fights. good i think while we were watching that my wife and i held our breaths collectively because you know i think there's an absence of music and the whole time it's happening you're worried because you don't know honestly this is the first time i thought oh my goodness okoye is gonna die right now and i feel like it was surprising that that didn't happen and speaking of okoye her her being stripped by her rank um, you had something you wanted to say on this. What what were your thoughts here? I thought it was very fitting
1: for her storyline. And I really enjoyed the emotional tension between her and Ramonda in the throne room and and Ramonda literally chewing her out for standing by Killmonger's side throughout the first Black Panther movie and her saying you should have gone past looked past the traditions of the Dora Milaje to to be with the family that was keeping this nation safe and it was just a really powerful exchange between the two characters and it was it was kind of brutal to see the exchange with um the actress that plays okoye denai Gorira, and her her emotion of being stripped alongside angela bassett's emotion of losing her whole family and still having to rule this this nation that's under attack from several different corners i thought it was just a really cool exchange and i thought it was really good and showed that this character has a lot to give to wakanda and i i enjoyed the ideas of tradition versus um tradition versus moving on and moving forward in society. I thought it was really interesting, uh, the takes that they brought into this movie with these characters. But that's just my thoughts on Okoye. But what did you think of that?
0: I, I agree. I honestly can't say anything more. I feel like we talked a lot about a lot of things. So I'll just say that I agree with you on what, you, what you've stated here on Okoye. Um, and something that else that we, I feel like, agree on, Riri Williams... Um, was introduced in this movie, who will be playing Ironheart. Uh, Bailey, for those who don't know, what's a little bit of background for Ironheart in the comic books?
1: She's essentially the spiritual successor to Iron Man in a way, and that's kind of who her character is.
0: She was introduced in this film, um, and people that we've seen before, um, Calessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, who's played by Julie Louis-Dreyfus, Elaine from Friends, and Martin Freeman reprising his role as Everett Ross, who was the um, who was you know the U.S. ambassador or um, something in Bilbo. the first, uh, yeah, Bilbo, <laughs> but he was in the first Black <laughs> Panther. So they've reprised their roles. Um, I feel like when I watched it, I didn't know that they were necessary in this film here, and I think you you thought the same way, right?
1: Yeah, I'll just say some of the things that I. I felt about this I felt like Riri was a shoehorn and Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine and Everett Ross were literally there to set up the Thunderbolts movie and that's it I don't think I I I think Riri was fine for the story elements and I know that they're wanting to introduce this character and they needed a scientist but I also felt like she was like the MacGuffin of this movie And it felt very similar to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, how America Chavez was also the MacGuffin in that movie. And I don't feel like, like I was a little more bothered by it in this movie than I was in in the first, the Doctor Strange movie. And I like this movie more than I like Doctor Strange. I think that it just bothered me because I hate the idea of turning characters into MacGuffins. And I, I, I wouldn't even call her a MacGuffin because she's not necessary for winning the battle against Telecon for, for them. It's just more so a moral reason to keep her alive and to protect her from this nation that wants her dead. And I, I just didn't, it, it rubbed me the wrong way for some reason. And I think it's just because I didn't feel like we needed another story of the same caliber of, morally protecting somebody I, I i and i don't know what they would have done differently this isn't a fan rewrite of black panther wakanda forever but i do feel like that they could have done something different than than the scientist being the one that everybody wants to kill or save
0: yeah and you know i so i liked her performance in the movie you know how do i say this so I feel like I'm speaking of um, as of Riri Williams here. I feel like you know she was well acted, well played, um, and she you know she gets some of the the Marvel one-liners, you know the the little one-off comments that are to make people laugh, and has some of the funnier, lighthearted interactions in this films. But I feel like her inclusion, as well as the inclusion of um, Contessa and Everett Ross, you know, you said it. they're kind of sending up thunderbolts and they're providing somewhat of an origin story here for Riri Williams in this black Panther film. I feel like sometimes this is how this is an example of where I went to see this movie in, but in like, you know, as we're watching, you know, this movie that talks about um, grief and moving on and carrying forward. um, As we're watching this film, we're getting the Marvel machine in the middle of it and you know we want to tell this story we want to do one thing but we have to also um build up the future of the marvel cinematic universe that has to be um that the groundwork has to be laid you know before we can continue our next show or continue our next movie and and sometimes that bothers me and i think in these interactions it bothered me as well but i i I agree i didn't feel like we needed to have them really um especially in in this film. But I think, I think it would have been better had the iron heart
1: show come out prior to black Panther Wakanda forever. And like explore the idea of her being recruited by the CIA and then leading into black Panther Wakanda forever, because I feel like that gives a little bit more background to it. I think I would have been a little bit more okay with it if they had done it that route. Rather than set up for, for Ironheart because that's what it felt like. It didn't feel like Ironheart was being like. I feel like having a show set up a movie, and not necessarily having to be watched by people would have made this a little bit more interesting and had more people devoted to the character Riri. And I, I may be wrong in that, but I think it would have served the story a little bit better.
0: Yeah you're and again you're probably right i just i just feel like i i didn't i almost didn't need them in this movie if that makes sense and i feel like if we would have gotten if we would have gotten less of them or if, even if they just existed we would have had a more concise story to tell um but you know those, those are my two cents uh the final battle here that you know as we move on as we as we approach the end of you know not just the movie but our conversation about it um the final battle here which was really you know the wakandans versus the talokans how did you feel about this one bailey i think that they should have just left out the battle between the two
1: nations and had the battle between namor and shuri i think it was a more powerful battle between those two and a more emotional battle than the one between Wakanda and the Talcons. But then again, they had to show off Ironheart in her new suit and had to showcase that whole thing and have her be the next Iron Man in a way. Which, I'm not bothered if she is like that, but it, it just it bothered me that they they had to do this just to show off these character moments. I I felt like... It would have been better and more concise had there not been this big battle between two nations and just been a one-on-one battle. Kind of like the fight between Killmonger and T- T'Challa on the the river, the the waterfall. I feel like it would have been a more intimate and powerful fight scene had it just been that. And more... I I feel like it would have punched a little harder than switching back and forth between the two nations and Wakanda being destroyed by Telecon.
0: And the CGI was just bad for Ironheart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I'll be honest. The first Black Panther also had bad CGI. I don't think it's anywhere near... This movie is not anywhere near that level of bad. Um, No, it's it's not. (laughs) But it's not... It's a step up. It's a step up, yeah. But it's also not, you know... As as polished as you would like, um, and then you know, huge final spoiler as we talk about this film, uh, the mid credit scene here, you find out as um, as Shuri is sitting on the beach and Lupita Nyong'o comes out, she has a son that she is also named T'Challa, and who is the son of Prince T'Challa, played by Chadwick Boseman in the previous film. Um, How did you feel about this inclusion here?
1: I'm okay with it. I think this is the only way to continue the story of T'Challa in a way that still respects Chadwick Boseman and the character that he played. It didn't rub me the wrong way. I think that it was very moving more than off-putting. And I thought it was interesting that Nakia had this child before the blip even happened. And that's why he's so much older. And I, I, I think that just shows the I it's it's using a storyline from previous film in a positive way to push the story forward. I don't know. What did you think of it? Did you like it?
0: I can't say that I did or did not like it. I guess it was kind of cool. Um, You know, the only thing that I can think of is that maybe thematically, there's that scene where Riri and, um, or sorry, where Shuri and Queen Ramonda are talking. And they're talking about, as they go through that ritual of burning, something that they hold dear, how she says, you know, I felt him, I felt him in the wind, and I felt him in this. And then, you know, as Shuri's doing this ritual as well. She very literally meets someone who is named T'Challa, who is her brother, and in some way she can say, you know, point to this and say, oh, you know, I, he is here. He, It isn't over. And even though it is over, he will still always be here in some way, shape, or form. Um, and, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. This one is probably a little bit harder for me to say that I do or don't like, only because while it was a cool inclusion, and like I said, you know thematically, I just feel like so that's okay, but that doesn't mean we'll get to see him as the Black Panther anytime soon unless Marvel continues um in the next ten or 12, fifteen years, or unless there's some other time jump that we don't see, you know?
1: If anything, I think that secret wars may include a time jump or I think that the king this is theory territory, but I think Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars may involve some time travel stuff happening and may have really drastic implications on the MCU with characters aging up and becoming adults or like T'Challa from the future coming back and saving them. And I don't know. I'm not sure how that's going to play out, but I could definitely see it happening that way. Or they introduce him in the young Avengers and he is a mutant because he kind of has the same origin as Namor with the heart shaped herb being passed on through blood. Yeah. So it could go that way as well. And he may be in the (laughs) X-Men.
0: Yeah. Hopefully fingers crossed. I mean, Hugh Jackman's revising his role as Wolverine. So who knows now, but um, going forward before we jump into our last little hot takes and we grade the movie. Is there anything else that you want to talk about in this movie or discuss that maybe we didn't go over yet?
1: No, I think this was a good movie for what they were given, and I'm excited to give my hot take on this and my final score. But I'll I'll save that for our next thing. Is there
0: anything you want to bring up before we finish off? No, absolutely not. I just think hot takes. Um, I'll give mine, better Then you'll give yours. Um, and maybe we'll rebuttal, or maybe we won't. But my hot take is I think the first five or seven minutes of this movie and the last 4 minutes of this movie are probably enough to get me back in the door. That's those are the most powerful mov- moments in the movie and to me probably uh, not the most important, but that I feel like that was the movie I was anticipating going to see and they nailed it in that time frame. Um and yeah. Bailey, what is your I agree. what is your hot take here? <laughs>
1: Uh huh. This is probably going to be really controversial, but I think that I may like this movie more than the original Black Panther. And the reason is because I relate to it on a more closer level to the the exposition on grief. All of the stuff in face this phase has been about grief and loss, and dealing with loss with Wanda losing her her husband and then her children, and Peter losing his aunt and shuri losing her family i'm sure there's more and i'm missing them and let us know if there is any more but i i think that this whole phase has been about loss and grief and i i think i relate to this phase more than any of the other phases on an emotional level but it's also been my least favorite phase out of all of them but as far as this movie goes i i do think that this one resonates more with me and the things that i've been through in the last couple years than any of the other movies that i've seen from phase four and i i really enjoyed this movie and i've seen it twice already and i'm probably going to see it again in the next week and i i i'll with that i'll just give my final grade i i gave it an 8 out of 10 it's not a perfect movie i still have my gripes with it with certain storylines But I still think that it's a powerful movie that I can forgive those storylines that weren't interesting to me.
0: Yeah. Um, I'd probably give it a 7 out of 10. And the only thing that I would say with that is that although I like moments of this movie and I can get um, the story and the emotions that are put in, it's a little bit bloated it's a little bit long. And overall, I feel like, I mentioned this earlier, I feel like I still, I think I'm still going to back Ryan Coogler in making movies and stuff. But maybe, like almost like with Taika Waititi and Thor, Love and Thunder, it's like these directors in these movies are now pushing the boundaries of the Marvel box, and they have to stay within them. And I feel like this is probably another one of those movies where I I feel that, you know. Um, like like pointing a Sam Raimi and Doctor Strange Um, but again all in all I'd probably give this one a seven out of ten
1: after this I I really hope that Ryan Coogler comes back for Secret Wars I think if anybody can handle this as a solo movie I think he could handle an ensemble cast like that but that's another podcast (laughs) I'll leave it at that
0: yeah, well, um, that should do it for our episode today. Uh, please remember to reach out to us. You can follow us on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd. You can email us at avcinema.pod at gmail.com. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review. Let us know how we're doing. Write in. Let us know what you thought of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Let us know what you think of the MCU at this point in time. Um, all of that. Bailey, i got to say I'm catching up on Andor, and so far it's pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, I think more people should be watching the show, and uh, it's. I agree. Yeah, it's everything. I feel like it's everything that I didn't like about Obi Wan, um, that or that I wanted from Obi Wan, but in a totally separate story. So I'm all on board for it. Um, anyway, that should do it for our episode. We hope you all have a great day. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, keep watching movies.